Hi, I'm Elise. I'm Matt, and welcome to Pod Wraiths, a Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we're two friends watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine and sharing both our deep and irreverent thoughts on our favorite Star Trek series. This week, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 4, Equilibrium, teleplay by Renee Echeverria and directed by Cliff, and directed by Cliff Bull. This episode aired on October 17th, 1994. This week on Deep Space Nine, Jadzia Dax is plagued by disturbing hallucinations that allude to the dark past of the Dax symbionts. Dun dun dun! We don't need a soundboard when we have me just like doing sound effects, (laughs) I feel like. (laughs) Oh no, oh no. no. We'll just sing TikTok songs. Oh no, 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 no. Oh, it's not the same as it was. (laughs) I'll be like, he's my type or whatever that one is. What's the, that's my type one. That's one of the songs I know, right? Where like the people do like the wind, the the mirror wiping or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then sometimes it's like, oh, it's someone in a police uniform. And I'm like, oh, that's not my type. Please turn this off. That happened to me, like, a couple times where I'm, like, I'm on the wrong TikTok right now. Like, my algorithm is broken. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. So, Star Trek. Well, you know what else is broken this week? (laughs) Dax is broken. Um, I'm broken (laughs) when I'm lonesome. Wait, I don't know what that is. I can't feel right. It's a Seether song. But I'm dancing. Oh, I. It's like Seether featuring Amy Lee when they were like dating, I think, or whatever. So, like, Seether to me is a Veruca Salt song. (laughs) The Veruca Salt song? Yeah, that's the better Seether. That's the better Seether. Such a great song. And listeners, while we're, you know, being old, cringy millennials talking about TikTok, I'm going to lean into that. Speak for yourself. I am not cringy. (laughs) I am the cringiest. We are old millennials, though. (laughs) Um, Olivia Rodrigo does covers Veruca Salt Seether on on tour and so that you can look like on youtube there's videos of her her covering it we i haven't we, seen this we love we love children teaching other children about <laughs> the 90s i think so. that i actually need to say that i love olivia rodrigo like specifically oh good for you <laughs> um <laughs> uh, i am happier saying that didn't you miss recording didn't you miss me last (laughs) i was trying to like reply i was trying to reply i did very much miss you i was trying to reply with like another song title and i was like happier like that doesn't really work and i was like (laughs) i (laughs) i couldn't think of like how to work driver's license into my reply (laughs) yeah Um, yeah overall though this joke's a little sour yeah, that's true. Um, I did almost call you a traitor, though. Um, anyway. Oh, traitor. Um, Star Trek. I feel like I've said um so many times, and I'm just not going to apologize for that. Don't. You do you. It's just like natural speech patterns. and. Thank you. Fuck everyone else who, who wants you to talk not authentically to yourself. <laughs> yeah. So I really didn't remember this episode at all, and I thought it was going to be one that we hadn't gotten to yet. Well, now I'm curious. What what episode did you think it was? 
Um, without explaining it, I don't think it's a spoiler to say the episode title. So I thought it was going to be Facets. Mm, mm. Which is later which is this an- season. And is yeah. another And it's another episode. Trill episode mm-hmm. by the same writer and the same director. So yeah. in some ways it's like, not a direct sequel to this episode, right, but right. like, it's, it's another Dax episode. So I can, I get that. I get yeah. that. Yeah, and like, the fact that everyone was like in a room together at the beginning reminded me of a scene where everyone is in the room together in the other episode, even though I realized afterwards it's a different room. Um, but like, pretty much... For the most part, except for, I think, at least one person that's not, that wasn't there. Two people that weren't in the room in this episode. Um, it was, like, similar, like, where, even though it wasn't, like, a social gathering, it felt like, oh, everyone's in a room together. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is not that episode. Did you get, like, faceless men, like, Game of Thrones vibes from the hallucination in this? It was either that or, like, Mission Impossible with all the masks and the mask reveals. Oh, and the, right, right. The masks on masks on masks on masks. Um, which is actually kind of interesting because that whole idea of masks and multiple masks and multiple masks being pulled off was the the genesis of this episode and, like, the kernel of the ideas. So according to the Star Trek Deep Space Nine companion... The origins of this episode are found in the magic show of Jeff Magnus McBride, who plays Joran Bilar in this episode. Michael Piller, who was the co-creator of Deep Space Nine. I don't think he's show running really at this point because he's moved over to Voyager and Ira's kind of taken over as the official kind of showrunner. But anyways, Michael Piller saw McBride's magic show, loved it, and commissioned their mutual friend um christopher teague i think is how you say his name to draw up an outline for a story based on on the magic act mm-hmm. um the magic act revolved around the use of mast and as we were just talking about the repeated re- removal removal of what is seemingly a single mask only to reveal an- another underneath which we see in the episode in a lot of these um hallucinations flashbacks memories that jedzia has where the character takes off a mask and he's wearing the the same mask under it real i was just gonna say one thing that this episode did which i appreciated was a lot of times when you see shows or movies where there's like a mask that keeps taking being taken off and taken off at the end it's like the face of the person looking at the masked person like at the bottom of it and I appreciated that that, like, is not what happened here. Like, if I, like, I think right. of Arya and, like, you know, she's, like, eventually taking all, you know, taking the masks off and, like, finds herself underneath. Anyway, it just made me happy that that, like, that feels very tropey to me. So I was kind of happy yeah. that that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, right? That you can't fight this either? Um, anyways, <laughs> Yeah. Teague's original story idea involved a kind of intergalactic circus coming to Deep Space Nine with a magician who was revealed to be a murderer. But nobody in the writer's staff in the writing room was, was hella keen on that idea. So Rene Echevarria, who the credited screenwriter for the episode, modified it to focus on an Odo on an, as an Odo story and a series of disturbing dreams before Ronald D. Moore suggested switching the emphasis of the plot to Dax as he felt that masks were a good metaphor for the Trill species in general. And while I have, well, I don't have mixed feelings on this episode. I like, there are some, some things that I, I like thematically, but like, I think 
it really feels like, and you can tell from that story, they took a lot of passes at it and it took a lot of like iterations. So I don't know if this is the, the best episode of, of deep space nine. I think it's overall fine. Um, but I do that idea of digging into the, the trail that way. And that being a metaphor of the, the mass and the relationship between hosts and symbionts and, you know, joining and everything else. I think that was a, a smart move. Um, yeah, I agree. And I, I don't know if I would have enjoyed this as an Odo episode. Um, I don't think I, I just think also there's so much about Odo that we don't know. So like they wouldn't have had a place to go and like a trill, like the trill doctor and like all the stuff that happens in the episode feels very, like, I can't imagine like the alternatives to all of those things had it been an Odo episode. Yeah, I think it would have been really different i think it probably would have been more of like our kind of typical detective odo sort of episodes i don't right. know the whole like original plot of the circus kind of reminds me of the cold open of of the james bond film octopussy right with the, the murder of the double o agent and yeah the circus yeah and I just ronald watched... moore's in clown makeup and yeah um... <laughs> i just watched that episode recently so i'm definitely or sorry that movie recently so i'm very familiar i also feel like i'm enjoying that we're still having to sit with the fact that odo just found out like a few episodes ago about his people and i don't think that i'm personally ready to go back to that yet like i don't remember the next episode where we talk about odo's species um and i think it's it's nice to have a break to let us sit with what we learned in the two-part opener yeah instead of investigating kind of odo's feelings and odo's traumas basically this episode is digging into the dax ambience feelings and, and and traumas and like if we can like just skip a little bit ahead in the notes and we can um jump back to kind of the, the next other points after um i think like i said i don't know if this story works as well as like the kernel of of the ideas but i do think the themes of of trauma and how we respond to it is a current throughout this episode that that resonated with me the ways in which our brains can protect us from our traumas by isolating memories, blocking it out, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that like our bodies still remember the trauma, even if we've pushed it into kind of like the closet and aren't actively thinking about it, our minds have packed it away. And then sometimes something will happen, whether it's a word or like a noise or a song or, you know, in, in this case, or even a piano right. um, where we can get <laughs> an triggered alien door piano. Get it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then we get triggered and the doors, the which to which we have locked things away in our minds get unlocked. And then we act out and act out of character. And I think Terry Farrell is really good in this episode. Um, and I think portraying a lot of this and a lot of the um turmoil and like pain that that she's going through as as jedzia has these trauma responses to trauma that the dax symbiont didn't jedzia wasn't even aware that dax had right so i right. think that i think has some some really strong kind of character moments and, and acting for me i i completely agree and i appreciated that I feel like they had a tendency, they have a tendency, and we've discussed the characterization of Dax many times and how it's changed over the first two seasons. Um, and I think, 
I know that we're getting this is getting pretty ahead of us, but like there's that scene where she basically like can't fall asleep and she goes to talk to Julian and he's so kind to her and it's clear to me that Jadzia just like doesn't want to be alone because after their conversation they like she falls asleep immediately and I was just so happy that they made her vulnerable enough to like ask Julian if she could stay in his room with her, with him. Like, she didn't want to be alone. I mean, like, I'm sorry. I apologize. I know Julian offered it to her, but I, I did get the impression that she might have asked if he hadn't. Um, because it was like, I mean, why else do you go to someone's room at, at night? I mean, I guess to talk, but, like, you just want to be around another person. And I, I yeah. just appreciated that they were able to make her vulnerable because I think in the past they have made her, um, I don't, I don't mean cold or anything, but like maybe, I don't know, is like they've kind of made it where like her emotions like can't be rocked and she's so cool all the time. So it was really just nice to see her like need help and also not like, be self-conscious about that like it's okay to ask for help agreed and like what worked the most for me in addition to Farrell's performance of, of Dax is the Bashir and, and Jadzia scenes um mm-hmm. and what's interesting is Iris even bear in the Captain Supplemental Logs the Unauthorized Guide to the New Trek Voyages agrees with us um and this is a quote from Ira the whole thing with mass is what interested Michael Piller, as we've discussed. I remember getting into the question about identity and the idea of Dax having another host inside her that she didn't know about. This seemed to bring the episode into clarity. We all started spinning on this thing, we all assumingly being the writer's room, as we've discussed, and it became an interesting show. But it was a medical show and a mystery, and in the end it kind of had a, it, it had to kind of talk it out with Cisco, explaining everything to the audience, which are always difficult to write. It was complex. What worked for me was that Terry Farrell was quite good in showing Dax's vulnerabilities. I also thought it was a good show for Bashir, showing him caring in a medical way, but also in a human way for Dax, going beyond whether he's going to screw her or not. We've kind of lost that element of the character, thankfully. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen was me, added for emphasis. Yes. But yeah, we, we love these scenes and we love their friendship when Julian isn't being a sex pest. Yes, I agree, and their friendship is very important to me also. Um, yeah, it's I love them, and I'm glad that we're, you know, I'm not to say that they don't like, I feel like there's times where they might flirt or something, but in a very platonic way, and I think it's great. I mean, like, going forward, I didn't mean, like, in this episode. Yeah, no, 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 I, I, I hear you, I hear you, and... and... Um, Alexander Sadig also enjoyed this episode because of the the medical content and the, the Bashir and Dax relationship commenting, I like the medical ones because after all, it's what I was hired to do. I play a doctor. It's really nice to actually get around to doing those occasionally as long as the language isn't too horrific. Um, the <laughs> techno-medical jargon I, I, is my what I'm inferring he's talking about there. When it gets too complicated, it totally fries my mind. I don't think it was too harsh in that show. I particularly liked it because it offset the usual Dax-Bashir relationship for the first time. 
It actually showed everybody that we could possibly be good friends, and that's what might happen between them. So, again, it's just sim- a lot of variations on a theme, but it's it's always nice when the people involved with the show affirm my readings of the show. Yeah, no, totally. You're right? like, okay, I so. wasn't imagining that. But also, yeah. like, it's it also talks to, like, the greater, you know, writing of the characters. The fact that, like, you know, the actors and us are, we're all just people. And so, you know, we... can be bothered by and like the same things and it just I feel like I just got that was very like people are people and I need to I need to bring it down a notch (laughs) yay humans or whatever I don't know you know what I was really excited to see in this episode what Jadzia with our hair down in the trill pools I mean, yes, but no, that wasn't going to be it. I was excited to see the Defiant get used, um, barely. (laughs) We're like, I was like, oh, the Defiant. And then, like, obviously there's no, like, space battles or anything in this episode. But it was nice to see it move around a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, they they could bring every, they could bring everyone. They could bring more people to to trill with them because they wouldn't have to, you know, worry about over overfilling the runabout (laughs) okay so i do have like a quibble with the defiant can't you like okay they're like in the quarters how are you gonna let people sleep without even a sheet like or a blanket like i get that you know you're the climate's probably perfect for whoever but like i still need to cover myself up with something so are julian and jadzia just not people that care about blankets or is the Defiant stingy? Or is it getting installed on Tuesday? Don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think it's like, you know, so climate controlled that it's like comfortable. Like, I don't Could, know. Couldn't Maybe be me. <laughs> um, Julian tells Jadzia a little bit about like why he went to medical school Um and it's very lovey-dovey. Doctors want to help everyone, which I'm sure is true of most doctors. But we do know that, you know, he just makes... And I, I think this is my cynical 2022 um, reading of this. But he is very, like, doctors are great. And I'm like, okay, but our healthcare is a mess. And I'm, I'm just probably not going to go down that tangent. But, like, yeah. I was feeling, I was feeling things. I mean, a lot of doctors do think they're great. Um, that's true. That's that's definitely a like prevailing attitude to various degrees of um, with itness and and lack of with itness, depending on the individual. In my experience, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I like my doctors. I'm mm-hmm, I'm lucky mm-hmm, though. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We also learned that in this episode that Jadzia is not a napper. There's that one line. She's like, I can't sleep in the afternoon. And I was like, naps are wonderful. But it is kind of fun to like find out. I wonder if it's a trill thing or like a Jadzia specific thing. (laughs) Anti-nap. So anyway, I think we, um, I think we said our initial thoughts. What do you think? (laughs) On the episode, we get to go to Trill for the first time. This is I the know, first I'm time so excited. Trill, the Trill homeworld. 
Um, it pretty much looked, I mean, for the most part, except for that cave, we just saw the inside of buildings. So it was kind of fun, like, um, last time you weren't here, but we were watching House of Cork, and so it was really nice to see, like, an out, like, an outside set, or a picture, or whatever it was, a model of, um, The matte painting? Yeah. Of the Klingon, of um... The what? Imperial City? Yeah, like, that was really awesome. The one from, it was for, like, the one that they, the matte painting they reused from TNG. Oh, I just didn't know what it was, that, I didn't know about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that was really fun. So I feel like I do enjoy when we go to the different home worlds of our favorite characters or, you know, their, um, brides or whatever. <laughs> um, I guess, it, I guess Cork wasn't married when he went there <laughs> originally. Um, but yeah, the doctor, um, I didn't catch that doctor's name. The one that was trying to help. So basically, Jezia's acting really obnoxious and out of character. And as we kind of hinted at, she apparently can play the space piano, even though she has no memory of learning it. And she's seeing these weird dudes in her hallucinations. And some of them are trying to kidnap her. Um, at the doctor... The, I When I first watched it, since I didn't remember what happened i like didn't really think anything of the doctor that was trying to help but then obviously Mm -hmm. on second watch i'm like oh yeah she like is covering something up she's so dismissive of um of jadzia when she goes on about her hallucinations and it just made me think that um it that how how so many people go to the doctor and say i have this issue or that issue and things are just dismissed, and obviously this is for, like, nefarious reasons, and I think a lot of times, um, the, on a, in our world, it's more of, like, a systematic issue where either they're not trained on that, or they have biases that they may not even be conscious of, um, so it's not the same. So, like, obviously this person was, like, trying to cover up that there was an extra, uh, an extra host mixed in there, um, but it, uh-huh. the fact that she was being dismissive felt a little bit too, um, it felt very relatable to things I see on television now, things I read, um, that actually are happening to people, like, it just... I, ever, ever since, um, our friend Tessa has told me about, um, what they, what their dissertation, what her dissertation is, and she's mentioned it a little bit when we watched, um, Melora all together, or when we covered Melora. So if you're interested in that, go back and listen to that episode. But just, like, how medical stuff in science fiction does, like, kind of mirror the real world, or is informed by it and it's just really interesting i don't know why all those feelings were triggered but no it's... i'm done now <laughs> so the like the main thrust i'll just kind of do like a the 60 main thrust. second just to do a 60 second plot summary um is jedzi is having these memories like repressed memories from a host she wasn't aware of um, named <clears throat> Jolan Bilar, Jolan Dax, or Joran, sorry, Jor- Joran Bilar, or Joran Dax when he was joined, 
fun lore fact. This episode establishes that Trill do have a family name that then gets replaced by the symbiote name when they're joined. And I didn't Joran realize we hadn't was... known that before. Well, did we not? No, no. Because we'd only like, because like Arjan, who was the um, the Trill initiate that Jedzia like toured around, we never got a last name from him. Right, but we know Curzon Dax, and we know that they weren't related. Yeah. Right, but we didn't know that ja- Dax had or Dax, blah, sorry, Trill oh. had a family name, like a surname okay. that then got replaced. We knew that, like, okay. yeah, I get when what they're you're joined, saying. you get the Dax, but it's so, just like it's not they just, could be okay. like I know I realized you're now you mean it in like they could be Cher or Madonna kind of way, like name one name, even though you know yeah, obviously like, if, those if people, they were unjoined, yeah. they were Cher or Madonna, yeah, um, or you know. Whatever Madonna's last name is. Madonna, that person. <laughs> I forget what Madonna's real name is. So Joran's memories were blocked in the symbiont, and his history of being joined was the cover-up, was because he was a murderer, and the Symbiosis Commission obviously made a mistake in giving him the symbiont because he was not, you know the type of individual that they would normally yeah. give a, a trill to and it a turns out that like, the cover-up yeah. goes even even deeper and even further because maybe you don't need to be a certain type of trill to be able to survive joining maybe any trill can and there's a limited number of symbionts and so we've stumbled upon a government conspiracy i just picture like the 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 whole time that I'm watching this, I'm like picturing if they if it got out and like what do they think there's gonna be like a symbiont black market or something? I mean maybe there would be. I would bet that there is already one. Um, I mean people are creative. <laughs> I feel, I feel like I don't. I get it was an easy way to explain why they were trying to cover this up. But, like, it didn't, it wasn't enough of a reason for me, is all I'm trying to say. I don't know that governments need a good reason to cover things up, though. They just do that anyway. So, like, I shouldn't expect, like, more. Yeah, I just think it was, like, supposed to, like, it's something that, like, upsets how Trill Society has been, like, one of the foundational assumptions of Trill Society. And to have that be made public or not, right. like totally like upsets the apple apple cart right i do kind of wonder how classist the search for who gets to even apply to be a a host is like Yeah. yeah is it like jedi where they like go around and like i don't know you sense some someone has the force and or midichlorians or whatever the fuck and like even if they're not rich, you might sense, like, a person or whatever. Or is it just, like, you have to have connections to, like, get in there? I would read a book about this and, like, as long as it had some sort of political conspiracy, I, I would read that novel. Mm-hmm. I did feel like Julian did a lot of Googling in this episode. <laughs> and I thought for, I was like, well, of course he's going to do it. Cisco's the boss. He's not going to do it. So that was kind of funny to me. (laughs) 
can I talk to you about the scene where they meet Baylor's brother on that like FaceTime? And <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so they find Baylor, Baylor, B- Baylor, whatever it is. Not uh, Balar. Baylor Balar. Yeah. Um, Baylor is a different thing. Um, <laughs> who's like, yeah, my brother killed his killed the doctor that kept him from becoming a host and fled the murder scene. Blah blah blah. And, like, the whole thing that's so funny to me about this is, like, Cisco and Julian, like, pop up, and he was like, what is this in reference to? And I'm like, if I had a brother that, like, killed a doctor and fled the murder scene, anytime anyone wanted to talk to me about anything, I would assume it's about my brother that did a murder. <laughs> Just seems, like, <laughs> you know, kind of obvious. Um, like, what else would they want to talk I to did... me about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, although I did kind like again, this is not, I want to I want to make this very clear. This is a murder is not great podcast. We do not love murder on on this podcast. The only murder that but we love did... is murder she wrote. <laughs> there we only go. Only one of us loves um, that though. But when Jaran's brother was like, whatever my brother was, I still loved him. He was still my brother. I'm like, that's, you know, kind of sweet. Like he realized that Yeah. You know, Murder isn't great. Your brother shouldn't have killed people, but like, yeah, you know, there was there was like a like some old manny sweetness there to that. Yeah, that I also felt like it um, would not have worked if it wasn't an old man because a younger person would have like probably not gossiped his brother's whole life to two strangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of enjoyment out of that scene. That is all. <laughs> so I don't. I, I mean, I think we can discuss how the episode kind of resolves itself. Um, yeah. Basically, Dax has to go back into the, like, symbiont pool, and then she'll get... The, the other symbionts do some electric shit to her, and then she'll get her memories back from the lar. And um, it's interesting because, like, the reason why... There's, like, the, a memory block that they had put inside of her and that is like deteriorating and it is interesting because there's it i was like oh i guess they don't have eternal sunshine of the spotless mind there because like in those in that case it's not a block they're like actually removing the memories so i just found it interesting that that it was um done differently than like another memory uh, removal piece of media that i enjoy (laughs) i really um I'm going to save this for, for the next section, the thing I was going to say. Did you have anything else to um, wrap up before we move on? Or Yeah, I just think it was like interesting the ways in which... So so we meet the Guardians in this episode as like a new piece of like Trill lore that, that drops, who are unjoined Trill, who are basically the, the caretakers of the baths or ponds or mm-hmm. geysers or whatever you want to want to call it the paint pots that the the symbionts like live in or nurtured in and seem to have this almost third sense and they know jedzia is dax and and all of that right yeah away. that and, was interesting um timor was the one guy timor, that they met yeah, yeah. and timor is like very um helpful to them at first and then obviously sets them on the right path and is crucial in uncovering the mystery but then when they go back um obviously he's he's been gotten to by by the conspiracy i can't believe i skipped over all of this i'm sorry 
No, it's 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 okay. It's okay. I, so I just thought that was like interesting the ways in which like <laughs> the deep state air quotes the trail deep state <laughs> yes. um, got got to him and he got got in in that way and how like even you know he was so helpful and then became complicit in the cover up. Thought that was interesting too. And then like towards like then the the catharsis at the end. Um, Renee in in writing this episode partly based the penultimate scene hi ellie she wants <laughs> i know ellie's like real she wants right out of the room now mm. she's whining she let wants her out, out of the room let let her out. i'm podcasting um she's um, really upset that timor became cagey was was yeah exactly <laughs> um so in the penultimate scene where dax accepts duran's memories it's based on a scene by a peter schaefer play called equus and in that play the word Abrect is used as a psychological term to describe the relieving of a trauma, and mm. Ichavara th- felt that that was what was exactly happening in the scene. And when I read that again, I was like, "Yes, there are themes of trauma in this episode. Good media literacy, Matthew. Good job. <laughs> I'm proud of. I'm you. just gonna let the dog out just a sec. Oh yeah. Who let the dog out? Hey, sorry about that. It's okay. I said I you missed it, but I was like, "Who let the dog out?" Um, I did also. I like. I think I just fucked up of where I was in the notes is really what happened. Um, but like, I really was kind of um, really thrown off when that doctor lady was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna take this symbiote out in forty eight hours," and I'm like, "Yeah." That's real extreme. All to cover up. So, the deep state killing people. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it was kind of like an X-Files episode. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> With seen all that. The, like, conspiracy but that is stuff interesting. And, like, yeah. It's funny because I believe the next episode also is a, like, conspiracy episode. So, that should be interesting. Well, what your final final thoughts on on equilibrium? Would you say it's an it's a well rounded and balanced episode, or it doesn't quite it tips the scales for you in a different way? No, I liked it. Does it or doesn't? I liked it. Yeah. Um, I liked it more. Like, cause I, you know, I said I didn't remember it because yeah. I didn't remember it. Um, I just think it's weird to be like I said this and it was like twenty minutes ago, so I can just say it again. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, I liked it. It was just, um, the only, yeah, it just seemed like, it seemed like a silly cover-up to me. Otherwise, I liked it. Like, I found it interesting, and I like the idea that, like, there's new things that Jadzia can learn about herself. Though I guess she should have known that the whole time, but she didn't, so. Yeah, and what's interesting about this being the first time we meet the Guardians and and spend time on the Trill homeworld, etc., etc., um, that come has come back in in Discovery season yes. three, and, and even yeah. a little bit like in season four, right? With with Adira Gray. and Gray and and mm-hmm. the, the tall symbionts and and things like that too with the Guardians. So this this is the episode that started it all. Yeah, I love when um lore is throughout, and I don't mean that in a like canon gotta stay canon. Like I don't care about that, but like I do like when things come back like that are cool or species specific or like i'm loving all the vulcan stuff in strange new worlds season one it's great 
feed my pain. All right. So speaking of pain, we've been talking for a bit. I have been having coffee, but I haven't had any water yet this morning. So I'm a little thirsty, Elise. I don't know about you. Um, Who are you thirsting for this week on Deep Space Nine? Probably no surprise to anyone. I am thirsting on Jadzia three ways. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm loving that her hair is less poofy. That is great. I was kind of into her when she was being an arrogant asshole at the beginning. And I'm absolutely in love with the white gown that she's wearing when she goes into the pool. And let me just say that Trill fashion designers know how to do a cap sleeve. (laughs) What about you? Yeah, I don't know if I was um, particularly thirsty for anyone, despite my um, very professional and not all schlocky and and (laughs) sweaty um, segue introduction to the segment. (laughs) I don't. I mean, we wouldn't want you to. We wouldn't want you to introduce it any other way. So. But I do, I do want to like say that my feelings were more like heart eyes than like, you know, thirst, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does, it does, it does, it does. Do you have um, a candidate for the most Star Trek thing of the episode? Yeah. So my most Star Trek thing was we have an alien crew member who returns to their home world and uncovers a conspiracy of sorts um it's definitely something that the the first time we went to the klingon homeworld in tng was related to some family drama and klingon cover-ups with Worf in in season two i think it was or, or season three i can't can't remember i think sense of the father is season two um and i just feel like it's something that has happened before um maybe it'll happen again i know um, even as far back as season two of the original series where we go to Vulcan for the first time in Amok time, not really a big conspiracy there, but also things are, are revealed, you know, there are secrets that are, are revealed and we get yeah. insights into, you know, their, sure. the Vulcan culture kind of for the first time aside from, from just Spock. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I know everyone on the recent episode of, not this week's episode, but last week's episode of, mm-hmm. of Strange New Worlds. Um, everyone was like, oh, the surprise character that was that was revealed at the end. Um, but I had a moment earlier, speaking of Amok Time, where it's like, because obviously T'Pring is a, a character on Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, at the rehabilitation facility she was working, um, Stone also had a, had a brief cameo, who also f- features pretty heavily in the plot for Amok time. So I was like Leo pointing me in there for that. But <laughs> we uh, can talk more about where, where that's going. Off, yeah. Off there. But also, um, if you haven't watched it yet, strange new worlds is so much fun. I'm very much enjoying it. So I highly recommend it to our listeners. And the good news is, is uh, Paramount Plus has, I believe, as of this recording, launched, definitely by the time this will air, has launched in the United Kingdom. So yeah, we'll still be a, a little bit behind for what's airing live in, in North America, yes. but uh, you'll have I've been, easier access yeah, to it. Yeah, 
I've been bullying Lazi specifically to watch that. So this week I actually sent him, um, I texted him a picture of every single cast member to be like, everyone's hot. You should be watching this. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, I would say, and this is something that actually also continues on Strange New Worlds, um, the idea of people having food together on Star Trek. Like, that's something that I, I've i kind of noticed it ever since. I mean, we all know that my favorite Star Trek film is The Undiscovered Country, and we have that amazing scene where the, the Klingons join the crew for dinner, and it's, like, real awkward. Um, but in Strange New Worlds, they have this, too. They, there was an episode where Pike and was uh, Pike was cooking dinner for some of the crew, and this is how we started today's episode of Deep Space Nine, having um, Commander Sisko cooking food for his crew and, like, them just sharing a meal together. And I am a huge proponent of um, sharing food and having meals together with pe- with friends. Um, and I just think it's... So it's one of my favorite things. I love sitting down to dinner with a bunch of people. I it's the conversation is always fun. Like I just it's something I love and I really enjoy when they portray that on Star Trek. For for good or bad or um fun or awkward, it's always enjoyable. Um and that was something that was done on Discovery too. Um there was I although this was kind of like an awkward moment, but I remember the one dinner that they had on Discovery where Detmer, like, kind of screamed out at everyone. Um, but, like, they were having dinner together. It was that, until then, it was, it was, um, and that was trauma-related also. But, like, I just love people gathering together for a meal. Almost as good as gathering together for a podcast. (laughs) I mean, we could be eating while we're doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, Elise, until next time, where can folks find more of you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Elise underscore Tendi, E-L-Y-S-E underscore T-E-N-D-I. And you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter a lot and Letterboxd as well at at Mattyhugh, M-A-T-T-Y-H-U-G-H. You can catch us together on Twitter and Instagram at PodWraiths. And you can also email us at PodWraiths at gmail.com. Please remember to rate and review us on the podcatching system of your choice. And again, thank you to DJ Empirical for our interstellar theme song. And raising a mug of Ractagino to our editor, Melissa. I was going to say that I'm going to put some Baileys in that, though. I feel weird toasting without alcohol. I don't know if that's a me, a me thing. Well, I mean, yeah. It's maybe we can we can toast coffee from Machine Gun Kelly's cafe in Ohio yes, for our editor Melissa true. instead. Um, okay. Meet in the middle. <laughs> Until next time, computer and program. Bye.